Hey, running folks, back in episode 17 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast. And tonight we're joined by frontman of Foreign Fox, Johnny Watt. Thanks very much for joining us, Johnny. No worries. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Just uh, we're uh, we're glad we're glad to uh, have somebody that's uh, not a black belt and yet to talk to us for a while. I mean, I tried my best, but uh, uh, they wouldn't give me it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really difficult talking to somebody about jiu-jitsu when they're an expert and you're not and you try it your best to not sound like a fucking moron. So, um. well, 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 I think I think the tables will be turned tonight because you'll know more about uh, jiu-jitsu than I will. Uh, well, I'd hope so, man, considering you didn't trade it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's, uh, how's life treating you, man? Been uh, almost seen you in a while. Aye, absolutely. Um, not bad. U- ups and downs as as ever. Um, it's lockdown. You know, it's you have you have your wobbles, and then you have the days where you think this is great. <laughs> I don't have any responsibilities. No so. responsibilities. Do what you want in your days. Aye, it's um. Aye, so I've seen Ali before. I've been I've been a fan of your music for a long, long time. Uh, way back to the. The good old days of the ladies. A long, um, a long, long time ago. You must have just been. You must have been a kid back then. Fifteen when we when we sort of started. Oh yeah. Well, four, I, well, I think we we're fourteen and then fifteen when we were sort of started gigging around. Uh, but because uh, obviously, because obviously, I'm six foot five, and I was six foot five since I was about twelve years old. So um, <laughs> we used we used to go around touring in all these different places and. Um, and you know they say, "Oh, we can't pay you, but we'll give you a couple of cases of beer." And I was like, "That sounds dynamite." I was thinking earlier on about the last time I would have seen when it was the, the Laneys, Would it been? Um, do you remember it? Rothes Halls and ended up in a massive fight. Remember, yes. that? remember that? Yeah, the, the, the riot of Rothes Halls uh, when that was um, hilarious. over over seventy seventy people just piling out of the main hall. Um, like, fight, like, scrapping. And then I went out in the main hall and I thought, thank God I'm a little bit further away from the main action. And as soon as the doors opened, you just saw tables and chairs flying all over the place. And it must have lasted for a good, you know, hour or so. Just, just, just constantly, you know, devolving into absolute anarchy. Back when, rock and, back, when, back when rock and roll was rock and roll, eh? Back when, back when rock and roll was rock and roll. <laughs> oh, man, I, I I remember one of my friends came back from the toilet and he was completely like blackout drunk so he was waddling back from the toilet and as soon as he stands up he saw me and he put his hand up to wave and then a chair just came out of the door <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man the riot oh. roth is always fuck's sake man ah, it was um, the good old days eh? the good old days I, mean, I used to love going up to the um, uh, the green side, the green side was brilliant, man. For gigging away back then, the green side was a complete scene. That was where, uh, um, like, as much as you know, <laughs> it, it it was sort of you know anything goes around that point. So so it was great for like the bands because everyone sort of had the freedom to drink, chat, be silly whilst they were young, and it wasn't. Uh, I mean, today, um, like. That sort of stuff, you know, everyone would be kicked out of the pub. <laughs> the pub uh, yeah. Is there still, still going? Is there still gigs at the green side? Yeah, so, so um, Reagan, uh, the owner, oh, right. um, uh, he, he, was, he was ill for a while, um, but 
I believe last year he tried to he came back and he started you know trying to get things back going, um, mm. but and obviously the pandemic happened and it's knocked everything for six. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, he was he was still putting on on shows and everything. Mm. I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not I'm not in that kind of scene anymore. I'm getting old mm. now. But um, I don't know if there's still like loads of good young bands kicking about or. Oh, there's there's lots of brilliant young bands um, starting to come out the woodwork, especially in sort of Dunfermline. Well, as you'll know as well, uh, our, our mutual friend Taylor um, mm. has a new band as well. Sons thing, uh, uh, great, great band, um, and like domiciles, and you know, it, new, new, there's so many new bands I can't even keep track of them. Mm. Um, that's the thing about that's the thing about the internet. There's so much like this. There's so much content. Eh? There's so much ways to put music out now. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, but no, I think uh, I've been one of these people that's moaned before about like um, festival lineups. Mm-hmm. I th- I know there's good bands, but the the good bands I feel don't get to go to the festivals. It's usually fucking whatever's like fucking whoever I've tried to think of a name there off the top of my head, like some shit pop act that no, you know what I mean? It's manufactured nonsense. I know there's good rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. Some really good stuff, and I know there's some good hip hop out there, like proper underground stuff that nobody. Yes, yes, yes. A guy, a guy that I actually follow on Instagram, and I've talked to him. I was actually going to ask him to come on here. A guy called Focus the Truth, Mm -hmm. he's a a rapper out of Brooklyn, really good. But he's got like eight thousand Instagram followers, and Takeshi Six Nine's got like fucking a billion, and he's absolutely shit. That's (laughs) the stuff that annoys me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna have to plead the fifth slightly on, on, on berating on festivals because I do myself work putting together a festival um i'm filming out with festival unfortunately unfortunately we've had to postpone it to 2021 um sad emojis but um the i i totally understand um the 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 places where you're coming from um because part part of part of doing a festival is trying to be trying to be obviously as as fair in, in the sort of Mm. and wide ranging and inclusive as you can be um mm-hmm. and it's also about the the well for me it's about the quality of these artists mm. so so when you when you're talking about hip-hop i mean i don't know if i can really start divulging lineups <laughs> but there's <laughs> a certain um uh scottish hip-hop artists um uh, one in in particular from aberdeen who we've who he's been working on a sh- his name is Ransom Effie, um, and he's been working on a show with BBC Three touring different parts of the UK to find the the underground scenes in like okay. the places that are totally off the map. So so you, so it seems like a show is called uh, I believe it's the Rap Game or the Rap Game on Tour or something something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. Um, but uh, I, from our conversations. And my understanding of it is that it cu- it sort of cuts itself off fully at Birmingham if you're coming up from from the south of England. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of support for grime artists, um, obviously, because that's one of the biggest sort of. But as soon as you get past a certain place in the UK, it's all it's almost as if it completely drops off and it goes back into the <clears> punk <throat> indie scene. It goes back into the pop scenes, and these mm. these types of artists don't get any shouts at all so so mm. we were working with him to put on um a stage of events with people that he'd he i want to i wouldn't say discovered but I, obviously he, he he knows these people because he's he's in that um 
that sort of genre circle, um, mm. and he he can bring them to to somewhere like Fife, and and showcase them in a meaningful way, and they can sort of you, just just expand the sort of I guess what what people in Fife recognise to be to be music, because um, because mm. we're so used to, like great bands like Nazareth, Big Country, um, the Skids, uh, you know you coming out of Dunfermline and days gone by um, and so we've never had necessarily um, R&B rap grime exploding in Dunfermline so we want to sort of get every, yeah just just let people see it for themselves you know let people understand the difference of a punk show to say a, a grime show but how you can still get that same exact excitement, that same hairs on the neck, the same sort of, you know, heart bursting out your chest for for the same sort of music, you know. So um, one of the one of the the coolest things. So it's funny. I, I spoke. How many times I speak to us about now? So did, did you ever watch the the Tiny Changes documentary? Yes. Uh, on YouTube. So yes. The I, 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 I managed to uh, luckily watch that. At Electric Fields, um, oh, when you? they screened it in a little tent, and ah, as, right, okay. as we walked out, Idlewild started on the main stage and started playing Heads Roll Off. So it was ah, altogether yeah. an emotional experience for me. So one of the coolest things that I heard on, on the start of that, and one of the, the best things that I took away from that was, so when I talk about music, mm-hmm. so I say when you go to festivals, <clears throat> and this is this ties into what you're saying. So when I go to festivals, and it's not like I know there's good bands out there. Um, uh, try to think of something else. So one of the best, one of the best musicians that I've heard in a long time is a, a guy, an American guy called Kate Francis. You know, mm-hmm. Kate Francis, really good, tiny, very, very much unknown. He's amazing. I'd love to see him at a festival, but he's, he's not known. So there is good music there, but it's not, like, it's not where the kids are, isn't it? So what Benjamin Gibbard said at the start was, um, <clears throat> when you're 18 years old, 15 years old, whatever, you've never heard any music. Yeah. So every year at that time, you think's amazing. So when you're 30, 40, 50, you, if you like music, you've heard a lot of music and you don't compare it. You know, you try and compare what you grew up with, what's going on now. And that's yeah. when he said that. that it's no longer new. It's, it's no, no longer new for you. Yeah. So, so when, we, when we were kids and we had um, one of the first albums, I went, what the fuck is this? Was Boy in the Corner. Mm-hmm. Dizzy Rascal put that out in about 2002, three. It was so different. At the time, it was like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. Um, so if somebody drops something like that now, it's like, oh, did they ask done that 20 years ago? Yeah. It's all, it's all old parts it's like, thing. holy shit, man. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, but, I, know, I know what you're saying. And, but one, one, one thing I will just pick you up on there is um, when you mentioned that me, a lot of this music uh, that's, put on, that's not put on the festivals purely because the kids may not necessarily be into it. However... I, I do believe that um, there is there is a massive marketing reason why you will only see the same five, six pop acts at every single festival. And it's a massive marketing reason why these same five, six pop acts are, are or it could be another genre, but, you know, you're talking about relatively safe, um, that they all you hear on the radio. And it's become so commoditized that, you like take for example and and this isn't in any way me saying that i dislike the music or that they're not great musicians or anything but take someone for example like rita ora who you know she's obviously a great singer and she's 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 done a lot you know she's done a lot 
and but you will but because she's got millions and millions of pounds of marketing to to go behind that mm. then it almost forces anything else out the way there's been this long tradition of um record labels i don't know if it's so much the case anymore however i, I am aware that it was up until quite recently they'll take on several artists that have the same sound they'll take on five or six that say all sounded like the 1975 mm. and then what they'll do is they'll start pushing the 1975 and they'll essentially drop the others so that and, and something like that normally causes a, a, a band to, to break up or collapse so so they'll essentially take out the competition in that way in that respect mm. so so there's a lot of sort of moving parts to to why a lot of the time we don't see the music that we do love at festivals and uh, and I think such smaller festivals are able to come to the fore and really be independent in mm. what they do and not have to so heavily rely on these outside agencies influencing who they who they put on because yeah. you could have, you could have you, yeah you could have the same agent that has 20 acts and all 20 acts will be at that festival regardless mm. of the quality you know mm. um I actually um it actually sounds <clears throat> a lot like um so I know quite a lot of boxers that turn professional and it sounds a lot like the same as that where there'll be guys who are insanely talented mm -hmm. they don't they don't sell tickets and they, yeah. they don't get pushed at all that, because, that's, that's another part of it as well obviously you know I mean? obviously promoters obviously it's, it's an economic industry so people mm -hmm. need to there, there would be no music without the business so mm -hmm. people do need uh, and the, the business is was really important as well but it's like anything there is a tipping point where <clears throat> Where it can go too far one way or the other. Do you think? Um, do you think though? Just you said that without the business, there wouldn't be any any music. Do you think that's true now? Do you still think that's true now? Where, where, well, well, all, all uh, these different platforms. Well, without the business, there would be no reach for the music. Is a better way to put it because there'll always be there'll always be music regardless of business. I mean, music is an art. So, um, yeah. uh, but in the sort of as, you're, as you're, the point you made about all these platforms that they put the music out on, there is still a degree of business when it goes out. If someone puts a, a record out on streaming platforms, it goes via distributor, and the distributor will put that out. That's the part of the business. But when that's out, then comes in the promotional and marketing. You, you, may, you may only know 20 people. Um, okay. and, and in this day and age, 20 people, even if they were all to share it to 20 people and they were all to share it to 20 more people, mm. it still has nowhere near the, the same effect as if some if people know how to actively promote on their social media channels. Putting up a picture, putting up a video, putting up a clip, you know, perf performing, all these parts feed into it. So mm. it's, but, but what I will say about that is, the music industry has come on leaps and bounds in the way that it used to be you had people at the top who were multi multi millionaires all the money in the world the people at the bottom no money whatsoever now what we're finding is there's not as much anywhere near as much money at the well there is still obviously ludicrous sums at the very very top but what we're starting to see is more of a musical middle class where people are starting to be able to do to, to create enough content through so many different platforms that they are able to make a, a wage and you know mm. that can that can sort of become a sustainable job for them 
Whereas that wasn't necessarily as possible unless you were in a covers band or, or wind band, etc. So it's uh, aye. <laughs> No, it's, oh, it's interesting. interesting. I suppose I suppose it makes sense as well because the more, as we're saying, the more platforms that are out there. Mm-hmm. I suppose is the, is the gig in traveling up and down the road and a an old transit van that old kind of story starting to fade off thing because it's easier to just do it from you know through YouTube through Spotify, brackets other streaming services are available. But uh, <laughs> is, is that uh, taking over the the you know the the stereotype, for want of a better phrase, of travelling about in the, the rusty transit up and down the motorways? Well, that's a really good question, because I, I've actually found the more saturated things like the internet make music. So, like, you'll never find... It's very hard to find something you love without hours of searching through the quagmire of similar artists and stuff like this, is that now touring... Obviously, it's it can't be done at the moment. But now touring and just playing in front of people is the <laughs> same as it was back then because people aren't likely to see you or or hear of you unless you're stuck right up in front of their face again. So it's almost come full circle. We've come uh, so saturated and so accessible that now uh, we have to go out. Or but touring's the greatest thing anyway. But it's in a rusty I, van. I exactly. don't. Um, I don't think you'll ever beat being. A gig, well, a pint, watching a band, fucking shred. It's a, it's, it's such a cool thing to do, and I would hope that never, never disappears because that would yeah. be awful. I suppose it's true what you're saying that that's where you find the bands that you wouldn't have otherwise heard of. Because mm. I went to a gig, I took Aaron to his first gig. Aaron's my oldest son. I know you don't know him, Johnny, but um, I took him to his first gig two years ago I think now and it was a band that I'd never heard of called Power Wolf and he was really excited about seeing them mm-hmm. and then the two bands that started that opened up for them were absolutely incredible and I've ended up kind of starting to follow them you know like, listen to their albums listen to their music mm-hmm. and I would never ever have heard of them like you say yeah. in amongst the you know 22 billion tracks that are out there exactly if mm-hmm. I had had that exposure of that and it was it was a 15 minute set you know what I mean it was half a dozen songs mm-hmm. Because they were the opening act, and we just literally, as we walked in, they were just starting the first song. So that's uh, where um, that's I would never um, heard of them otherwise. That's yeah, where uh, Instagram and stuff is amazing. Because I follow a few things on Instagram, a few pages mm-hmm. that have new bands up. So just recently, I, um, because of my age, Johnny, I always grew up um, like in the nineties when I was start, first started listening to music. So I was a massive pop punk fan, mm-hmm. massive pop punk fan. So was I. So was I. And, uh, well, not quite the nineties, but. Just recently, so, so just recently, um, you know, Fat Mike from NoFX, mm-hmm. he has shared the band that he signed, a, a, pop, a, a pop punk band from California called The Bomb Pops, mm-hmm. and he released, a, he put up their latest album, and I listened, I was like, holy shit, the best pop punk band I've heard in years, so it's through, you still find things, it's just, you can't, so when we were kids, recommendation we based. Aye, yeah. when we were when we were kids years ago, you would go down to a lot of the times we would go down to sk- uh, down to um, sleeves, sorry, in uh, Kirkcaldy, and you would look physically look at things and go, ah, that looks quite cool. I like the album cover. Generally, how I looked at things and went, I like that. Let's try it. But now it's it's a different way of finding things. But you'll, I mean, essentially, I think if something is good, you'll still find it. Yeah, you would hope you hope it still floats to the top. Yeah. Um Like and and what you were saying, Ali, about you know, going to a gig and seeing the band as well that you'd not heard. When you go back and listen to the music on your streaming service or if you download it, 
um, or buy it on record, which is probably the best. Um, when you go back, you have a completely different way of listening to it because you've already seen it. You understand what they're about. You've you've seen what they look yeah, like. Man. You see what... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because sometimes and... you've listened to it before and you might not quite grasp it and it might not be the best thing. Going back to it, you've got a completely different emotional reaction. Talking about that, have you actually got... Um, have you have you got some some vinyl for Foreign Fox? We do, yes. Of our, uh, We've got a double-sided vinyl of our previous two EPs and hopefully we'll be bringing out another one pretty soon. I'll need to... Um... I need to grab them. I need to grab them off you definitely. I've got a I've, I've got a record player upstairs. Right. I've got a lot. I've got a little bit set up with some posters and stuff like that. And I sit and I still want to be people that still occasionally sit and listen to me because people yep. when people people have music on but don't really listen to music. But if you've mm-hmm. got a record player and there's nothing around about you, chuck your phone away and listen to music. It's a different thing. Yeah. Listen to vinyl when you've got you know set up properly. It's, it's uh, nice. Yeah, because you can't as well because you can't. Sh- it's not a shuffle, and you can't skip yeah, the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you listen to the album entirely, and it's and it's. I've always thought it's a lot more romantic listening to music in that way, because yeah. it, it sort of brings it back to you know, it's art and it's and yeah, it's yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. and it's and it's a full because an album takes you know it can t- take most like all someone's life experience up to that point. And then they'll put that all into a record, so mm. it is a it is a massive undertaking for for people to produce those things. So I think vinyl is the, the best way you can sort of. And one of the things it. I like, one of the things that I like as well, is having something physical. It's nice to have yeah. a physical thing, an album, and you see like you know the best albums have really nice artwork on it, and there's mm-hmm. maybe something like like something inside the sleeve, a little note yeah. from the band, and things like that, man. I I really like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, the the, super, the, art, super the art's all part of it. Like, yeah, um, man, it's part of the experience. Of sometimes you'll sometimes you'll look at a cover and you'll think, I th- I think already that I'm going to enjoy this record, and then yeah. when you listen to it, the art sort of can perfectly match what you're hearing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We used to go to sleeves and you'd look at a record and go. Uh, maybe CDs by that point anyway, but you'd look at the, the album cover and go, I fucking think I might like this. I might mm. like this just because of the album, and you'd go home and it would either be terrible or you'd go, This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It was exciting. So, I it's, um, I'll have to, afterwards, I'll, I'll shoot you a message. I'll, I'll Another thing about physical music, like you were saying, no, I was just saying, Chris, we were talking about the physical music and yourself, Johnny, as well, with the album. It's been put together in a specific order by the mm-hmm. artist, yeah. rather than the shuffles built up or built down, whatever they're wanting to do with it, which makes a difference compared to just, as you say, banging it on a playlist, hitting shuffle and jumping from track to track. Yeah, I think that makes it better, really. Like, yeah, that makes it. it takes you on a journey. You know, it puts you back in touch a little bit with the original kind of source of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So uh, talking about talking about foreign fox. The um the new single's really good. I've seen it to quite a lot of people actually. Oh, thanks very um, much. So there's there's a there's a group of people, maybe half a dozen people that I'm friends with that will all send each other stuff that they like, um, different parts of the world actually. So there's a few people that I've sent. Everybody's said fucking like that. They're really good. So a lot oh, of people have added that. I think that's that's one of the cool things about music as well. Is if you've got friends who like music. Mm-hmm. I've got certain friends that will send dance music to, certain friends that will send hip hop to, certain friends that will send an indie band or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly um, And uh, it's cool. And, it's, and that's where you find music. And it's cool. It's like you've found mm-hmm. this new thing. 
it's, a, it's like an amazing thing to send somebody. Um, so the new single is good. Really, really enjoy it. Um, so Aye, man, it's really, really good, man. Genuinely very good. So, um, and, Do you want uh, me to tell you how good it is? I can tell you exactly how good it is. Chris saying to, to me, and Chris is aware, right, I'm going to put myself on record here. I'm a, pardon the pun, but I'm a bit weird and I genuinely don't listen to a massive amount of music. And I think it's an element of, as we've been discussing, maybe almost kind of falling out of love a little bit with music with how open it's became. And it's yeah. not quite the same that you were saying, Chris, you know, I used to go to record shops. I predate even pop punk. I go back to 80s and 90s hair metal is my kind of <laughs> stuff. Which is why the band I was talking about that sort of parallel, the German band called Kissing Dynamite. And they had like the long hair, the headbands, the leather trousers. It was everything I, I loved when I was like 10, 11, 12 year old. Mm. But Chris sent me, genuinely, Chris sent me the, the link to your songs. And I was like, actually, this is stuff I could listen to. I would happily listen to that. Whereas I barely mm. picked anything new up since about NSYNC 2002. <laughs> <laughs> That's really appreciated. It's just funny you're talking about hair metal because I think the first, the first ever sort of gig that my dad took me to was wishbone ash and then it was the darkness not long after that and then and then sort of all ed guy and and (coughs) evolved into sort of power metal you know you had your dragon force then it evolved people like trivium and you know what's you know what's hilarious about music you know what i love about music and i've said this to loads of people so you're talking about these like uh like the darkness and stuff and Mm -hmm. i i do not like them in the slightest right but if somebody loves them, if somebody thinks that's the best music that's ever been written, they're not wrong. I, I mean, I mean, I was I was twelve, thirteen years old at this point, but, <laughs> but I, I look back with fond nostalgia. I but think. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's what I love about music. It doesn't it's irrelevant? Like I'm saying, I don't like this modern pop music or anything like that. It doesn't matter because if somebody yeah. listens to it, whether listen they listen to whether they listen to it, whatever it is, they listen to it. If they think that's the best, if somebody thinks Justin Bieber is the best musician that's ever lived, they're not wrong. I mean, yeah, they're exactly. wrong. But they're not wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what I love about music. You can't be wrong. Um, that's a cool thing. So, I, it's, um, I, mean, I mean, Chris, you say that. I will send you some stuff that... You... <laughs> I don't know if you've ever followed the page Catatonic Youths on Instagram. I but, but I mean, I mean, I'm saying that, but like some of this stuff is the worst incredible stuff you'll ever hear in your life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll, it'll, it'll change your life and maybe not for the better. But I'll, um, I will. If some, uh, one thing I always do is if somebody sends me music, I will always listen to it. I will always listen to music that somebody sends me. Um, sometimes I don't thank them for it, but I always listen to it. I, 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 I love it when somebody sends me an album. I, like this is try this out, man. You'll like it. Um, <clears throat> I just. I, well, I'm so, well, well, segue. In. I realise we're already bloody thirty-three minutes in. So, so uh, we we thirty three minutes in. So far off, I twenty eight minutes of recording. Eight minutes. Fucking hell. Fucking hell, so I can I can I can do my first musical piece now, <laughs> and, then do, and, and, and then hopefully after that that will break up the sections of our conversation, so it doesn't turn into <laughs> hour long, like wax lyrical on our on our love for music podcast. No man, but I'm enjoying it. Right, so it's good fun. Just uh, I'm gonna continue chatting last time. Yeah. So. So, so talking of that, the, the newest single, Exit Frame, out on all platforms now, came out 15th of fifteenth uh, of May. Is that the month we're in now? May, I think that is May. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, you can find it now on all platforms. 
go listen, stream, share. <laughs> um, so this song like is called... Show notes like Joe Rogan says. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is Exit Frame. Distilled dream, tried my best to stay clean. It's such a shame, I'll always stay the same. You will not, you will change all your beauty and your grace. Will be let go from these chains when I accept frame. Talk to me when I'm drunk again And talk to me when I'm drunk again And I'll do my best to pretend That I can live like this So pour me another 16 drinks I've got big shoes to fill I've got big ships to sink And I'll sink a new one every day I'm never more than half awake With everything at stake Talk to me when I'm drunk again And talk to me when I'm drunk again And I'll do my best to pretend I can live like this and that's what happens when your body ceases Broke my heart into 50 pieces Called my strength and told my priestess A voodoo ceremony to kill my leeches Prancing above me in my bed All the lies the failure teaches Prop me up to lose my head Prop me up to lose my head Prop me up to lose my head, prop me up, to lose my head, prop me up, to lose my head, prop me up, to lose my head. Talk to me when I'm drunk again. And 
talk to me when I'm drunk again and talk to me when I'm thank you very much guys That first for your podcast. That is that the was, first um, world, world yeah. exclusive. First time that. ever. I want to put this out there. That's the fucking coolest thing that's happened in this show. Oh, brilliant. That's that's genuinely, um, genuinely fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I didn't know how blown out it would all be with the, because it's just my headphone microphone. But I hope that's when, when you went really high, it, it got like a bit much of my headphones. But other than that, it was perfect. Um, Really good, man. Fantastic. Very much, guys. That was um, that was good. Um, whew, I need a minute. I need a minute to compose myself now. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was cool as fuck. Really happy with that, man. That was um, that was good. You saying you're not played for a while? Um, oh, it's more sort of because we're in lockdown. I'm using the time to write, so it's so I've not necessarily oh, right, okay. been practicing any songs that are already written. Is the best way. That was uh, oh, that was good. If you if you've not uh, not like I say, I'm not a sound engineer. I'm not a, not I'm not really musical, but um, it sounded fantastic. So thank you very great. much. Great. Talking man. about your uh, talking about your writing, Johnny. It's something I've always wanted to know. I don't really know many singer songwriter types, but what what do you do when you're putting the song together? Is it the lyrics first? Is it the 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 tune, the the musical side of it? Obviously, using my technical language here. <laughs> um, so so. <laughs> The, it completely depends, um, which is the, the biggest cop out. But I, I think so. I've got, I've got a, a sort of writing book. Um, the first one I got was actually brought back by Joe, jo, that you know, Chris Joby, mm. who mm. was nah. <laughs> as he was as he was known. Um, I go uh, back, eh? he, yeah, he used to be sort of Delaney's bassist, and he brought yeah. me back this sort of uh, natural, raw papered, leather bound sort of book from India uh, yeah, right, okay. when, when we were like sort of 15. So I was like, I'm going to, uh, you know, being 15 years old, you're like, I'm going to write the best songs ever written and, and put them <laughs> in this book. This is, this is best. So, so I filled up that book, um, and then I got another one off Amazon <laughs> that looked very similar. Other retailers are available. And um, and so, but a lot of the time it can be, I may write when it's complete silence. I, I, may, I may write poetry. I may write sort of a, a short story. Um, I, I may write and I'm not trying to rhyme anything. And then I'll read it back and I'll realise that I've written. <laughs> like it rhyming. It can be unconscious, but sometimes um, the, the the music. I'll come up with a part. I'll take it into the band. We might flesh it out into sort of a sort of verse, chorus, verse, where the bridge is going to go, etc. And then when I'll come in with the words, we'll add it, and then obviously the song will change the form how the how the words mm. go. But also, there's been times where I've where I've been driving to practice and like. Uh, one of our songs, Monsoon, for example, um, it's got like this sort of quite menacing bassline at the start, and and I was driving to practice, and I just heard it in my head. So when I got to the the rehearsal room, um, I said uh, to our bassist at the time, um, Paul Devine, um, 
uh, like oh, get play play this play this. So then everyone sort of started joining in with their own sort of spin on what they, what they thought. And then uh, our drummer Nick said, well, "What are you thinking from the co- for the chorus?" And I and I had in my head I wanted it to go a lot a lot sort of more expansive when it reached the chorus, and so I was like something like this. And it was literally the first chords I played was what the chorus was. So that that, that song was like. You know, a bolt of lightning that you know I had no mm. no preconception of it before I was in the car. Um, but then some songs, you know, you might write a little bit and then leave it for three months and then come back and yeah. you're still not finished it properly. It's um, it's actually very similar. So I, I suppose art and and I, I suppose any art will be similar in in that kind of the way that things take form. So there'd be times where, and Ali would, Ali would tell you this as well. So when jiu-jitsu, so unlike boxing, I was like, you know, I came from a boxing background. Yeah. Um, jiu is a completely different thing where sometimes I'll be, you know, rolling rally and something will come to me and I'll go, oh, fuck, that's there. Other times I'll be driving along, same, exactly the same as a song, and you'll go, what happens if I do this? And then I'll have to, th- and I'll sometimes stop and write down, put this arm to this position. Yeah. And I'll have to think about it. And it might take me four months to figure out what it is I'm trying to do but you can always come back to the original point and go no that's not right this, and it's, that's what I love about um, creativity is, is it, it can be immediate or it can take six months and there's no yeah. right or wrong way to do it and it, sometimes the, the long way is better because it, it, it finds its own mm-hmm. kind of natural course um, and I can imagine as well in something like Jiu Jitsu you may have been shown how to do uh, mm. Say a move or a submission or whatever you would call it <laughs> in the technical terms. Um, uh, you you might have seen that be done a hundred times. You might mm. have be, been shown how to do it a hundred times. But obviously, when you're in that competition um, or when you're in that sparring, you, you you're obviously you know the oxygen is going to your muscles as much as it's going to the brain. So it's it's trying to yeah. think ahead of of. Oh, oh yeah. I could use that, and you may never ever have used it before, and then mm. it can be that spark of. Yeah. This is why um, a lot of us got really annoyed when was it Meryl Streep when she was she was accepting awards? She was saying mixed martial yeah. arts—they are not the arts—and everybody went, yeah. "Fuck you!" Oh, it's <laughs> like I, I don't think anyone like uh, I'm I'm not a uh, not from a martial arts background. I mean, I did a bit of kickboxing when I was sort of in my much younger days, sort of fourteen. 13 14 15 but um when uh but i, I do watch um boxing i do watch uh mixed martial arts and there is no way you can say that there isn't anything artistic about it it's incredible yeah. so it's, it's beautiful it, it, it is it's it's you know it's beautiful it's exciting sometimes it's ugly sometimes it's boring but it's the mm. same as any other art like so, sometimes yeah. it can be taken to the canvas and they might not the two of them might not be the best wrestlers in the world, and it just turns into a sort of crotch sniffing contest. But then, yeah, in other times, you know, you, you, it can go to the canvas, and you can see, like, if you take fighters like Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz, they're they're sort of, I don't know, is it Brazilian jiu jitsu that they're, yeah, sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but as soon as, as as soon as you see see them go to canvas in any of their old fights, you can see just how instinctively they're able to roll around, catch people's limbs, etc. And it, and it is like, and you see the difference, even mm. from coming from a completely layman's standpoint. Um, 
in comparison to maybe a striking fighter when they go down. But then mm. the same goes for on the stand up. You can have yeah. people like I think it was the Israel Adesanya your your Romeo fight where they just didn't <laughs> they didn't fight. It was like um, it was like it was like Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. Yeah, just uh, like nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. But um, and, and, and obviously Francis Ngannou, if if uh, well he can't, he obviously carried from his loss. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, yeah. The, just not, not. Yeah. But as soon as he does engage, he's, 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 a, he's a bulldozer. The, the Derek Lewis, the Derek Lewis fight was his uh, writer's block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. That's all, that's all it was, man. There's two things. Um, so there's two things that just came to mind when you're talking about like being art. So there was one was a while ago when Andre Ward fought. I think it was. Um, was it? Uh, it was Edwin Rodriguez or something. I can't remember who he fought. And it's a slow motion clip of him fainting. He brings a hand up to block, uh, comes back with a left hook, and then rolls under. And somebody slowed it right down, and you watch it, and you go, "That's that's beautiful." Yeah, that's like watching ballet. It's so perfectly everything's exactly where it needs to be. Another one was um, Ali. You would have seen this was Gary Tonin's scissor sweep at um, ADCC last year. Yeah. He's standing, grabs the boy's head, jumps into a scissor sweep. Rolls round, gets a boy in an outside heel hook and and taps him like that, and it's just watching you go, holy fuck, man, that's like that, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I, 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 I think I think um, what what sort of the point people miss when they're sort of entrenched in, oh, I I am in music or I'm in MMA or I'm in football or I'm in rugby or whatever it may be or I'm an actor or, or whatever your sort of um, pr- profession or your your hobby. Is that humans essentially approach everything in the same way? Like everything is, we think of these things methodically. We also think of them creatively. We also, it also depends what we can remember in the time. Um, mm. So, so, so everything has a sort of artistic quality to it. You know, apart from like slog work, putting in spreadsheets, <laughs> etc. But, uh, but so, uh, I mean, there's. There's obviously the controversy surrounding things like Marvel movies. Are they actually films? Because because they're set they're essentially huge sort of machines to sell sell toys. Mm. Um, but there is, I mean, take away the sort of, I mean, Endgame. Endgame, I think, was had a quite a robust story. But a lot of the films leading up to it in the setup, these sort of just, I guess, you bubblegum type. Films yeah. to give it, um, you know, you can still appreciate the FX artists um, and the special effects and, and the directors and how they've put together like huge, massive set pieces. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I know where like people like Martin Scorsese are saying it's not necessarily their film, their their artistic expression, but mm. there is there is still so much, so much in it. If you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad example because I'm not necessarily fond of it. There's there's so many different levels to it, as you say, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying, Chris, that even if you think Justin Bieber's the greatest thing in the world, they're wrong, but they're also not wrong. It kind of ties back into that. And even talking about, like, you know, with the Scorsese and the method acting and stuff, I remember reading a quote by uh, Dustin Hoffman when he was first started as, like, the big method actor, and he Mm. was doing Marathon Man with Sir John Gielgud. 
and there was a scene where John where Dustin Hoffman was supposed to be awake for three days and getting tortured. So in preparation for the scene, he stayed up for three days so that he could feel what it would be like, and then filmed the scene having been awake for three days. Mm-hmm. And John Gilgood, John Gilgood turned around and said to him, "My dear, have you ever considered acting?" Mm. Because he had actually <laughs> stayed awake for three days to be awake for three days, whereas John Gilgood came from the classic theatre. So it all comes in cycles, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. well, it was, like, uh, stuff was, was a new yeah. age, but it was yeah. still different. And yeah, like so, someone like an actor like say Nicolas Cage, for example. There was so many because he, there was a point where he would take any sort of movie that was offered, and <laughs> and some of it got terrible. But the the sort of style in his acting come comes from like old German cinema where it is overacting and it's overexpressing everything. Um, we, and when you sort of clock to that, when you watch something like like one of the good films, like I guess Face Off with John Travolta, um, when he is just so overbearing and over the top, but that's that's his sort of style. And yeah. even though people hate on it. So just it, you might not think he's the best actor, but people who like Chris says, the people that think he is, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. He can't be wrong. What's um what's uh, what's um hilarious hilarious is there can be um fucking I've just forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> this is why this is why don't I've just completely I've just completely went blank there. Scott, I've got a Nick Cage segue about his acting style. Did you ever hear oh, when, he was, when he was doing uh, when he was doing Kick Ass? You know Kick Ass, the movie where he yeah. plays a superhero. Yeah. And he, the, he hadn't told anyone, so the very first scene he started filming, Matthew Vaughn, the director, was like, and action. And he starts acting. And Matthew Vaughn's like, cut, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, I'm playing the character as if it was uh, Adam West that played the 1960s Batman. Yeah, and he's like, I'm playing Nick Cage, playing Adam West, playing the character, and Matthew Bond's like, okay, just see how it goes, and that's literally how we did the movie. It was like, it goes, I was Nick Cage playing Adam West, playing the character. But unbelievable, isn't it? So it's like, it, and I guess, I guess, in that sort of sense, for an actor, it, it would, it would give you that those certain degrees of separation to really give yourself over to the character because it's no longer the pressure of you acting and it's no longer the pressure of you putting on a good performance it's you yeah. saying i'm becoming someone else to play this character yeah. i wonder so, I, I wonder genuinely with those actors like those a-listers um i wonder how much they get immersed into their own bullshit of becoming somebody else that they just start to fucking have these grand fucking illusions of like insanity like mm-hmm. If you're if you're playing somebody else all the time, you must you must um, lose track. It's like um, Andrew Dice, when when Andrew Dice Clay, the Dice oh, Man, Dice was, Man. was a character. Yeah. That was a character, but he ended up just becoming Dice because he did it so often and he just became it. So if you mm-hmm. if you're an actor, you must you must get lost to, to who you really are. There must mm-hmm. come the point where they don't actually know who they are anymore. There's the, played this, yeah. this 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 this. There's, there's a there's a massive there's a massive danger because because um I mean take for example Joaquin Phoenix in his role in the Joker. You know, Oscar, unbelievable um film, unbelievable performance. Um but not just that, I think you can constitute some of the other performances bef- before that when he was playing a a mentally ill well I don't know if you've heard about I can't remember the the name of the the film that ended up being called, but he 
essentially in real life pretended to have a psychotic break, pretended to want to join the the, the music industry as a rap artist, uh, went and met like Dr. Dre, etc. Slow your roll here, man. Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix is the greatest rapper alive. <laughs> but, I mean, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. Yeah, you're, you're not, you're, you can't be wrong on that. But um, but it's essentially, he was he he spent yeah. over a year playing yeah. this role to everybody he knew. So everybody, yeah. everybody, I think it was only like the director and a couple of others knew what was happening. Uh-huh. So he went on talk shows, and I mean, yeah, yeah. we know know how scary that would be now after his most recent role. But he went on talk shows, and he was completely like just. And not not even overbearing, like you know, obviously boorish. It was like he had genuinely lost it. Yeah, and then, was, and then, what, what was the talk show again? Because I watched it. I, I think watched it, it like at the time, and it was like, holy shit, man, Joaquin Phoenix has lost the plot. I think and it, then was, it came out afterwards. It was a it was a role. I think it was David Letterman. Um, that's what it was. I because because when he went back on after the Joker, um, or or no, sorry, when he went back on after the film was out, like he was. Like Letterman was very pissed off for him, like because you could tell he was like, you know, you you really offended, you know. But obviously he's trying to make nice because of the thing, and then going from that to playing the role as the Joker, and then going yeah. back on these talk shows, you could see that elements of every character he's played throughout his life have stuck with him, and obviously yeah. he's dealt with trauma of like his brother's death, and then mm. and then it comes out with a lot of allegations surrounding his brother and his friends in the Hollywood industry, etc. And he was young at the time, remember, when, when he got into the film industry. So so God knows what demons he, he has. Um, and every part of that must chip away at what you thought you were and to yeah. what you are. Um, but I, I guess what another way to look at it is that we do... Um, to, to, to get get quite <laughs> deep here, we do every sort of seven years, every single cell in our brain, as you'll probably know, um, is yeah. replaced as, yeah. as it regenerates. So yeah. it could be said every seven years we are a completely different person. Yeah. And if that seven years is taken up by a TV series that lasts seven years, yeah. you may well be more <laughs> that that's, type of character. That's one of those. Yeah. That's one of those. That's one of those funny things that. Sometimes you you know you haven't spoke to somebody in ages and they'll remind you of something that you did, mm-hmm. whatever I don't know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when you were at school. And you're like, man, that, that's that's not the same person. I'm literally not that same person anymore, man. I'm, like yeah. if I did that and it was a dick thing, I'm sorry, but like that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't do I didn't do that. Um, I mean, I mean, there's it's. It's wild to try and get your head around, you know. But you, you see, even even the friends that you still continue to grow up with. I mean, the, obviously, there's elements that will always continue. Like you, I guess you, you always have those sort of sides of your personality that are the mm. that are why why these are friends with each other. But um, mm. but you do see huge change. Like I see a lot of changes in my friends, and and obviously responsibility and maturity and turning into an adult and come comes with that. Um, yeah. Like like we can't we can't be we dicks running about causing riots at Office Hall forever. <laughs> <laughs> no. Talking about riots. Talking about riots. I think that's the perfect segue into what we're Oof. talking about. Free recording. Jeez. Well well it's all kicking off in America, isn't it? Um, it certainly is. I, I think I, I think for well, I mean, this this obviously this issue obviously goes back hundreds of years. Mm. Um, 
from from imperialism, etc. But th there has been, I think it's safe to say, the USA has been a broken society for a while now. Um, it's sort of turned into this corporate oligarchy, um, mm. and and because it's a republic more than a democracy, because they have things like the electoral college, um, it's people people haven't been able to really put push for the change that's been needed for a long time. So all these tensions brewing up and brewing up and brewing up. Um, George Floyd was the straw that broke the camel's back again, you know, and it will, and if, and if there isn't any real change within the, the police and like, I know, I know a lot of people like rightly on point to um, racism and in institutions in the UK, but it is, it's, yeah. and I want to be careful with how I say this, but it's still completely incomparable in how it is in the US. I mean, mm. the police in the UK for for the most part, police by consent. So they police try well. They try to garner the trust of communities. They try their best to do that. That's that's their sort of mo. Whereas in the US, they police by force, and you're all, that's always going to attract the worst type of people. So you, you you can you can go to to university and train for years and years and years to learn about law, eight weeks in police college, and you're out there with a gun. Mm. That's just wild. Yeah. That was absolutely wild. It's, it's such a it's such a deep rooted problem, and there's so many variables. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Like you're saying, it's it's one of those things where that's clearly the, the thing that's brought the stru the, the camels by. Now, from what I understand, um, I think that the, the the policeman is now under arrest for like yeah, right. degree uh, murder, uh, for uh, uh, degree uh, murder or something. But I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, so so he's charged with third degree murder, um, but it was on film, and the world watched him first degree murder someone. That was yeah. he he understood what he's doing, and he had had so many priors um, of of you know sh shooting shooting people whilst he's on duty, um, and he's had so many allegations of police assault. I think he even got fined something. Something in the region of twenty five thousand dollars at one point, and then he was yeah. still continued to be allowed to be a policeman. Yeah, I saw I saw his rap sheet had been shared online. I'm talking about the police officer here. Yeah, and if you talk about it in terms of the FBI statistics, he's killed seven people, which makes him more than a serial killer. Oh yeah, you know you have to have, you kill three people and you officially become a serial killer in the FBI classification. He's killed mm. seven people. And is still a serving police officer. He's had 12, 12 different accounts of police brutality lodged against him. And every single one of them have either been found not proven, which mm -hmm. isn't particularly, you know, releasing them from anything, or they're sealed and there's never been anything official came off the back of them. Yeah. And he and he's and he's I mean, obviously he is the sort of like the spark. Well, uh, I won't give him any credit, sorry. George Floyd is the spark that's that's ignited um, a, a, a real movement that, sh that does bear political weight. Oh, I understand that, obviously, there's some unsavoury things that have happened as a result of it, be it outside provocateurs or just desperation in these places. Because you've got to remember, the mass unemployment now in America, they don't have the furlough 
um, the the United States because they don't have the furlough schemes that kept the the, the yeah, businesses they, going. So everyone like a one off one off payment, didn't they? Yeah. So so yeah. that's sheer desperation, and it was a pressure cooker. Um, but but that police officer is only symptomatic, and he was one of the ones that was caught on camera. I mean, most most police anywhere. I'm sure most police officers in, in the US, and I've seen so many great ones recently. You know, telling the protesters that they're there to, you know, facilitate their protest. That they're they're there to support their right to protest, etc. But then you do see in some other places that there there is, you know, the ones that have probably done the same thing, and mm. it's not being caught on camera that time. And it's yeah. so hard, and it's the system is set up so it's so hard to prosecute any of these people. Mm. Um, so uh, it was, and 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 then they're, and then they're surprised that there's riots. I mean, <laughs> like it's so the, the the sad the thing that the thing that I find um, the thing that I've seen I've seen quite a lot of videos now, and the thing that's the saddest thing, and it, it really because it hurts so it hurts the protest in itself is I've seen loads of like black business owners. Whose businesses have now been looted, who have spent their in tears, like stop yep. their, their their livelihoods now decimated because people are looting. So this is where it becomes so that it's in no way, shape, or form can you defend a policeman. He's killed somebody. It's on camera. He's done it. What's sad is that because of that, it sets up a like a a, a, a waterfall of things. Basically, yep. if you think about it, and it's now people now are just angry. And setting fire to shops, and if you're if you're if you're using this to go and loot a shop, you're not yeah. really protesting. You just want some free shit, but of you're course. just using this as a thing. So that's what's sad. So well, what, what, is, what I will what I will just um, add to that before before we get too much further is um, as much as there 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 will genuinely be people f- who are who are looting through desperation because of the protests, as as you've mentioned, there is because harken back to how broken the society has become, there are so many subsets of groups with their own political agendas and their own um, things to push that have, that have gotten involved in these protests and they're using it as an excuse as well. So, mm. so um, take, for example, there was, there was a video widely shared and it's, and it's not, and this will be an allegedly, um, but allegedly... <laughs> That so this 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 guy this is this is the footage. He's walking up. He's got his gas mask. He's he's got the, you know, his 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 protest gear in. But he's walking separate from everybody else and and a majority um, black community. And he's going with his hammer. And and this is this is a, a a white male. And he's going with his hammer and just smashing smashing windows smashing windows. And people the protesters are running over to him, at, telling him to stop. They're saying, what are you doing? And he's doing it calm as ever. Now, and allegedly, and I've seen this shared, but obviously um, don't believe all you read on the internet, but allegedly he's a serving police officer. Mm-hmm. And now, and there's been more reports of, obviously, because as, as you would, undercover police within the riots to make sure they don't get out of control. But there does seem to be factions where they are trying to make these things go out of control because mm. as soon as protesters stop being peaceful, that's when the government knows how to deal with them because that's when they can use force. However, now what we're seeing is that they're just using force, even if they are peaceful. Mm. And the last couple yeah. of days, in some so one, of the, 
one of the things that I generally try and tend to do, and all, and it doesn't matter what happens, is not comment on something immediately. Let yeah. it kind of unfold first, yes. so you get a. Because so many people just see something and go, "That's right." So when, that, when, yeah. George, when yeah, when George Floyd was first killed, I didn't see anything. Obviously, it's terrible. I didn't know what he had done prior to that. All I see is a video of him, a knee on his back his head. Yeah. But all I knew before it, he might have killed fucking four kids. I, yeah. I don't know. Yes, so exactly. I, I, I generally just let things play out for a couple of weeks to get an idea of the lay of the land, and then you go, okay, this is what happened. Um, so that, that's, get, that's, I, that's the dangers of the internet. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you, you only see, you may only see a ten second clip of something of of, yeah. of an atrocity in that context. However, without the wider context, yeah, yeah, no it, yeah. yeah. However. What we do know now that that was a complete atrocity. What happened because oh, there's surveillance guy. footage before, yeah, yeah. and there was surveillance footage from before. Um, he was he was unarmed. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was like he was resisting that heavily. He, he, didn't, he didn't resist whatsoever no. from the from the CCTV footage, um, and so that was a, a a man got out of his car, went towards another man with the intention to, if not kill him, really damage him. Mm. That's what happened. Yeah. Police or no police, that's what happened. Yeah. 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 It's just, there's not an awful lot to say, is there? It's fucking awful. No. There isn't. And it must be, it's, un, you it's can't a long even Nah, you can't even imagine, I know we're sitting here as three, Kind of thirties and forties in my case, white Scottish guys. But you can't imagine. I'm, I'm, what it's I'm, like. not, I'm not. I'm not thirty yet. <laughs> not, not quite. I apologise. Uh, um, but twenties, thirties, forties. What it must be like to grow up over there as a young black guy or girl. Do you mm. know what I mean? And seeing that so what, potentially. On a, I know this is maybe a. I don't even know if it is an extreme example. Is this one of the ones that we've happened to have seen? That, that's, you know, that's, it's a small part of the world. Oh, time on, time on, do you know what I mean? And, and, the, and the thing is, we, we, I mean, we're obviously not an extremely diverse and representative podcast panel. Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, ginger. But, uh, yeah, well, ginger. and and, and my, my my beard also. Um, so so we've got two gingers. <laughs> so so we are quite sort of very sort of Celtic, Scots-Irish in, 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 that, in that respect. However, we understand living in Scotland, the massive privilege that even in the UK that being being white still gives you. Not not necessarily to the same extent. I would I would say the UK has more... Of, no worries. I've always sort of thought of... Um, so the US has, it's, it's a really in-your-face race, racism problem. And, and yes. the UK, in the UK, it's much more of an undercurrent. And I would say it's a class problem. So regardless... Well, definitely regardless, more class than race, mm-hmm. as I would say, in the UK. Yeah. So, so, it's, so regardless of your race, um, fact, the factions of, say, perhaps aristocracy, or what we would refer to as elite, um, just well put upon poor people. In this, however, obviously you do have the the. I mean, the the Brexit debate blew up a lot of sort of really on the surface racism in Britain, and that was just heartbreaking to see as well, because because it does seem like we we've lurched further towards America, 
in in their politics. Mm-mm. Just being. I think, one way I think or the other. populism has become more, or, or has it given the this the side that ordinarily would have been kept quiet behind closed doors? Has it now just came a little bit more to the forefront because it's seen as more? Mm-hmm. And I use the loose, I use the term acceptable loosely, mm-hmm. but it's not as maybe frowned upon or shut mm-hmm. down by. You know, mainstream media and obviously social media, where you can then go into those dark corners of the echo chamber mm-hmm. where, you know, a group of, you know, even if there's a page of 150 people and all 150 of you all agree the same thing, it becomes that echo chamber where you yeah, start yeah, to think, every, everyone agrees to me, everyone agrees with me. No, the 150 people on your site agrees yeah. with you. And I think, and I think as well. I think, I think that's almost so, so the I think the way that Britain used to approach politics is it used to be very, very quite diverse, but either understood or kept to yourself more than anything, or just you were politically ignorant, you know. So there wasn't, there wasn't this, you were kind of bundled around the same area, even if you were slightly to the right, slightly to the left. Most people believed that, you know, we wanted you know, general order, general freedoms, labour unions would work for, like, would work for workers' rights, etc. We'd get get things we needed bit by bit. You know, they'd obviously erode things at some point, but at some point, because we kind of had a swing system, the Tories would go in, go slightly to right, labour would come in, go slightly to left, and it would go like that sort of thing. I think that's a, a good way to explain it. However, now, because of, like, you talk about echo chambers, the, the bit right, is now going a lot more right and the bit left is going a lot more left so the mm-hmm. people who are more and now you're talking probably 90 percent of people are in this sort of area but the, yeah, yeah. but but the but the percentage that are at either side make it like pull it apart and that and that's kind of like what the us is like if you're not one side you're the enemy if if you're not on our side you're the enemy whereas the real world doesn't work like that so so one of the things that I was saying to to Will, it was on last uh, last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Stone's a, a jiu-jitsu guy in, in Swindon, and he's um, is he a, was he a councillor? Did he run for the Liberal Democrats in Swindon? Ah, he's one of the, he's one of the Liberal Democrat like local party representatives down in Swindon. Eh? Mm-hmm. And what I was what I was saying to him was um, and, and it's something that I really believe is it doesn't matter what what we obviously there's, there's certain things that everybody can agree upon. So you shouldn't kill people. You shouldn't rape people. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be a white supremacist. You shouldn't be blowing people up on a grand This is this is the thing. That's, I mean? that's the problem. Uh, Not everyone uh, can agree on it. Well, they should, the they, should, no. they should. They should. They should. They should be able to. Yes. We all have to. They become a, a, a social media kind of craze. Where if you, I mean, I've seen. I've seen people um, that would probably both know say it on Facebook. If you don't, uh, you don't agree with the way I vote, unfriend me. And you're mm-hmm. going, are you going? Are you are you fucking for real? Like yeah. that, that. That's that's the you, death of democracy and debate. If if you and it's, it seems to be it's and I, I've noticed is it's the people on the extreme left who don't want to have the conversation. The conversation. They're like no, no, we have to have this conversation. Otherwise, all you end up with that side, that side, and a. a Hopefully, a lot of people in the middle. Yeah, um, and that when when you start saying, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't care. One of the things that's it's been quite scary actually recently is people getting banned on YouTube. Um, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you're talking about it as. But if somebody's 
you know, Alex Jones getting censored on, on YouTube. If do, Alex Jones can be an absolute crackpot, but you can't, once you start shutting down somebody's ability to speak, mm-hmm. that's, that's a scary road to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously there's certain people, so if somebody's a fucking, you know, whoever, fun, somebody in the far right or somebody in the far left or somebody who's a mm-hmm. Islamist, they probably should be shut down. But people who are not kind of on the fringes, you can't stop people having yeah. You have to have the conversation. So, so, so I think, um, like, I would probably identify myself as centre left, as as most sort of, even even as right as we think that as right wing as the Tory party we think. I mean, they are essentially still slightly. In, in the UK anyway, because we have things like the National Self Service, because we have, I think it, it's like sen- sensible measures like, you know, having a, a National Health Service, that helps us all out. Um, however, they're also, and we want to have pensions and we want to be able to have um, some money if we if we fall out of work and we need, and we want some protections there. However, at the same time, you know, we also want to be able to follow our ambitions and, you know, have create lives for ourselves and not have to all necessarily adhere to everyone gets paid the same, like like all out communism would be. However, at the same time, we want to keep our freedoms, um, like of freedom of sort of expression, freedom of movement, what we're talking about. Whereas if it went too far to the right, then it would become fascist. So. Most people are in that middle ground, regardless of, of what it is. And and like you say, I mean, things like YouTube, etc. they're not a government, they're not necessarily a government-run website. So the freedom of speech is that we can, we can essentially say what we want and hold what we want. But it doesn't, if the people that run YouTube, and, and it is a dangerous precedent to set, and I do totally understand, I do agree with what you what you're saying about them no platform and a lot of these people, mm-hmm. um, but part of freedom of speech is our freedom to also say to them, "You're talking shit, mate," and I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check it or I'm gonna delete it off my site because they because they're a private company. Well, I think that's so, why they've. Um, I think that's why, uh, and one of the things that people I was having to explain to people on Facebook, especially, was people were putting these mad 5G conspiracy videos up about coronavirus, <laughs> and they're and they're saying it keeps getting deleted. You go, no, it keeps getting deleted, deleted because it is fucking idiotic and untrue. There's no basis for this whatsoever, yeah. and it would get deleted because it breached. And, and like you're saying, they do say. But the, what what's what? Um, so it's it's so it's so complex, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, who who, who so, gets to make that decision? <coughs> this is the thing. Yeah. So so it needs to. So these are private. These are private companies. Facebook's like as much as it's become part of our sort of day to day existences, and it's and things like Twitter, and and all these things. It's how we share information, and it's how we share our opinions, and it's how we share our politics a lot of the time. Um, however, if they decided. Say that um, say the CEO of Twitter was replaced by someone who was a who was a God's honest truth loved Trump. He could he could say to everyone, make sure that's all that's all pushed out to everyone. He he could push that because it's essentially the new form of the press. Like if you think newspapers, newspapers will can completely smear someone 
on one side or the other and they completely go after someone and they don't have to be unbiased. And it comes for the same as anyone. Newspapers are very much unbiased, though, aren't they? Historically. Oh, no. Sorry, bias. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Extremely biased. And now, if if you read The Guardian, it's biased to the centre-left. If you read The Telegraph, it's biased to the centre-right. If you read The Express, it's biased to a a bit more extreme right. Um, (laughs) And, you know, so there is these newspapers where you can go from a different one to the other and you will get a difference of opinion. But the unfortunate thing with the press is obviously you have people like Rupert Murdoch who own large swathes of it. So you could buy five different newspapers, but it's all essentially coming from that same source. Now, we're going to have to deal with this on a worldwide internet company scale. Because people like Zuckerberg, etc., for all their faults, at this time, they do seem to try and stand off, and obviously they're being forced to put legislation in place, and they're forced because the less they're going to do, and the more stuff like 5G goes about, and if people, ever, everyone thinks that 5G was causing coronavirus, and then they all took to the streets, and coronavirus spread and wiped out so much of the population, then governments would try to hold them accountable for letting that information spread. Mm. However, once someone like him may you know die or move on or retire and say put someone else in charge if that person doesn't want to be as standoffish if that person sees that as an opportunity to push their own ends then you will start to see a very different platform and it won't be against freedom of speech if you get me yeah because that's their freedom of speech to censor other people's speech on their platform so it's, it's a quagmire, and we're and we're really going to have to, I guess. I wonder with um, for everyone. I wonder with like the newspapers. So like you're saying, everybody's got their own little agenda. What side they're going on? And I wonder how much because the newspapers it just seems like a stupid like a like to go and buy a physical newspaper seems now like that's such a dumb idea. So I wonder as they get more desperate, is because you know buyers are going to be you know getting less and less and less. So you wonder how more desperate to get to cling onto those and they just start going let's cling to the people that are buying on the extreme mm-hmm. left or the extreme right or that's, that's it. The, yeah you know what i mean because um, so, it seems like such a stupid way to do it yeah because a lot of the time i mean these are like yes there may well be a lot deeper sort of issues in these things but most of the time a paper will have a, a lobbying issue where the owner wants a tax break or or the, or the paper might want to do something good for a section of society, and they, and every subsequent article that they'll write, they might try and push that, but and so it's not always as sinister. Um, but what you're saying about you know buying a paper and the readership going down, I mean, obviously the older generation are, are probably the main ones that still read it. Mm. Um, so that's why they might have a completely different view of the world than us. But like you say, yeah, is as as more as less people buy it, and they find out that that demographic may, the the paper will become an echo chamber for them because it will just be to sell papers, mm-hmm. and I guess yeah. that that's the danger of any is yeah. if everything turned into an echo chamber, then we then we lose free sort of free thought and we lose our way to sort of. It's like you were saying, Chris, about people posting to say, "Oh, if you don't agree with me, just unfriend me." That's where yeah. you run the risk of ending up in the echo chambers. Because I've mm-hmm. got friends, but 
that disagree fundamentally with me on things like, and like serious issues. Do you know what I mean? But I'm okay with them having different beliefs to me because that's just one facet of that person. Even you know, if, there's, if there's multiple things that something I would really, really have issues with, I have you know unfriended, unfollow people because for for various reasons. Yeah. But on the whole, I'm okay with people having different opinions to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think people think, get tribal, think, people get tribal yeah. and like I, stick to that echo chamber. I, I think, I think also in saying all this, you you are perfectly inclined to mute people if it is really sort of not what you want to see, right? So that uh, that that is okay. Yeah. But I, but some someone like myself, um, like I disagree with my brother on politics a lot of the time, um, but. I, but he's my brother, and I know how intelligent he is, and I know he's he's going to sort of come from a from a point of view of 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 how he sees that that would work because there is more than one way to skin a cat. You understand? Mm-hmm. You understand? So so, but I I went through a period where I went out my way to follow and I guess either friend or or have or stay friends with people who I fundamentally disagreed with. Because what that started doing to my timelines on all these sites is instead of getting everything that I already held as sort of what and what I thought, when when I started letting these people into my timeline, I started getting a much more diverse timeline. I started seeing, oh, that's why they think that say they hate that group so much because mm. they're being told that it's you know this they're responsible for all this stuff that we know necessarily they're not responsible for and it's more complex but you don't understand that someone's not necessarily coming from a hateful point of view until you understand yeah. why they, they've they've been made to think that this just goes back to the point of you, you have to have the conversations yes if you just you know if you only think this way that's yeah. i mean do you know what i mean if you only yeah. read whatever you're, you're only going to think one way so it comes back yeah. to it and, and i think obviously not on our level but on the level of you know podcasts are going to be the way to to share information and, and to to bring people together to to have kind of these conversations because you can't if you've watched a political debate i'm sure we all have mm-hmm. it's idiotic because oh, all yeah. you're doing is shouting each other to get a, a minute to have a sound bite and all somebody's all somebody is ever looking for on a, one of these debates is a gotcha moment yeah people say ah i got you i got and you it, there yeah and, and it then, takes and away all the no, why, why? So, like, I, I always um, never really agreed with uh, Bernie Sanders. Listen to him on, listen to him on Joe Rogan, and when he actually had the chance to talk for three hours, you went, yeah, exactly. So, so there was, there was seems decent. So, pretty you know much, I mean? he was just trying to put, like, effectively, his, his central policy was he was trying to instill an NHS in America. Mm. Now. Us from the UK, we see that as that oh, that's an obviously decent idea. If if it doesn't matter how poor you are, you'll still be able to get access to healthcare. And and you may have a lot of other policies that you, you may agree with or not agree with. But the way that the system works in America is you can't necessarily put everything you want. Like change the best the best change is incremental. So. I understand why sometimes revolutions and and protests and stuff really do need to happen, but the most sensible way to do things is if 
if you want something to change, you don't change everything at once. You change that bit, and then the next day you can change a little bit more. So, mm. whereas America, it's just all or nothing all the time. Yeah. And so what's um what's what's interesting is because we talked about America there. So I also mm. listened to Tulsi Gabbard. I listened to Tulsi Gabbard on GRE. She was a, she was the one that I went. She is the one who should be probably leading the, definitely the, the Democratic vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did. So it makes you wonder how corrupt is politics oh. in America <laughs> when you end up with Joe Biden, who is an absolute moron. Like he's, he's, how he, he's I don't know how he gets out of bed in the morning. He's, yes. he's a fucking he's he's aware of it. Yes. He, and when you've got Tulsi Gabbard there, who's young, intelligent, she's seen you know she's been in, in combat zones, she, she understands war and how to use the military. She's super smart, mm-hmm. and you end up with Joe. So what what's amazing is you know they're all protesting now and, and uh, you know uh, you know they've had all, you know these fucking pussy hats on in America when they, hate, they all hate Trump and saying you know we're sick of old white men running the country and then and then the the Democrats put in the oldest whitest man and you're thinking. I don't fucking even understand how. What the fuck? Yeah, so, this makes so, no sense. So, as much as the Republican Party is obviously massively like, I, I mean, uh, corruption is the wrong word because they tell you what they want to do. They tell you, "I want to give tax breaks to billionaires," and they do it. So that's yeah. that's honesty from them there, right? Regardless if you agree with them or not. Whereas the Democrats, they pretend that they don't want to do that and then they go and do it and then this the one main sort of regardless of whether or not you support or agree with anything bernie sanders says the main reason that joe biden is in today is because bernie sanders had such a massive swathe of grassroots support and he was the only legitimate um candidate that they would necessarily be able to field that americans Mm. would vote in if, if, if for Trump to beat, whereas Joe Biden was exactly of the establishment, and the establishment did make it so that Joe Biden was the only person that ended up getting in, and that and that is and that's killed all the hopes of the Democrats ever winning yeah. the next election. No matter how bad it gets right now, yeah. he's he he's 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 a from. From what you can see, the amount of gas he makes in speeches, the did you see? Did you see the one? Unbelievable! Did you see the one where he was talking? It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. What he was ta- he was he was talking about God, right? And then, like mid conversation, he forgot what he was called, and he went, uh, yeah, "Yeah, you know that guy." And you're like, "What? And, it's fucking and, it's and hilarious!" The, yeah, I know the thing. The thing that's dangerous is so he's effectively trails off and forgets what he's talking about and, and then you've got someone who is supposed to be in the White House who's supposed to be a figurehead and really give your country some form of stability um, who is I think just purely because of his upbringing of, of immense privilege that he feels that he can just say, say things like ah, hit him, kick him not realising that that goes out all over America and now most people would think, nah, he's just, you know, that's just the way he's speaking. But you have that one in a million person that's like, that does mean I should start being violent. Or that does mean... I so it's, you've got two people that are necessarily the worst people that should be so in that position. Here's where it gets interesting, though, and where the media plays its part. So everybody mm-hmm. was attacking, everybody was, and no means, no means I'm a, a Trump supporter or a Trump fan. 
but you know he was getting a, he was getting a hard time for saying that you know the protesters were thugs. Exact mm-hmm. words were protesters are thugs, and the media went after him and called him horrendous. But you see the transcript from 2015. Obama said the exact same thing yeah. to yeah. the protesters, and it didn't get Yeah, and completely. And you go, wait, wait, I just want consistency. What is mm-hmm. right and what is wrong? So yeah. why is it not right for him, but it was all right for him? Yeah. So that's what it becomes. The media have got yeah, a yeah. to answer for. Oh. Oh, big time! So the the media is is more partisan in America than than the political parties. So so someone like um, CNN are going to. It doesn't matter what Obama said, and it doesn't matter what if Biden if Biden did get elected. It doesn't matter what he said because they are supporters of the Democratic Party essentially. But on Fox yeah. News, it's the exact opposite, and that I mean. I mean, there people, most people are only going to watch the one station. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that when it does get dangerous. And and like you say, the consistency, and it's the consistency in our in our own in our own press that you do actually realise. So when um, say uh, the first minister of Scotland um, suggested that we 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 could start we should start wearing masks for the coronavirus pandemic. Um, although they, they offer limited protection, but it, it's some protection. Um, she was she was put <laughs> a lot of the headlines in the same papers said, "Oh, trying to assert herself against Boris." Or oh, there's there's little to no science showing the effectiveness of that. The next week, when the Prime Minister of the UK put this suggestion forward, it's, "Oh, you can start using things." It's like. He's taken a, a really responsible step to tell us to start using this, and the evidence really backs it. And that was from the same paper within a week. So it's, I mean, there is no consistency in the media. This this, this goes back to it's, it's quite funny. I, I, I didn't see that particular example, but one of the things that always makes it's, it's always funny. So when people in Scotland always complain about you know the Andy Murray thing, he's Scottish if he loses, he's British if he wins. Mm-hmm. But I've I've always said, and you can check this, we do the exact same thing. It's okay we do. So so when An- when Anthony Joshua wins the heavyweight title, he's British. When Josh Taylor unified the lightweight title, he was Scottish. Oh yeah, same thing. It's exactly same thing. Of course, it's a game. It's a game. Can we just be consistent with what we're saying? It's just no, it's, no, can't. So you know I mean? so so as human beings. Um, we are we are hypocritical and duplicitous by nature. So so I I will I will, I, will, I can argue with my my brother on certain things, and I will fight tooth and nail and point out all the bad and inaccurate things from from his side of the argument. But as soon as he points out a, a, a very sort of similar on the same level point, then I will go to explain it away you know and it's a point that i've just been arguing against so so like it's it's almost as if like i guess as well we should be our egos do really get in the way as well we can't we can't yeah we we can't we can't admit we're wrong until at least a bit after and we've processed information and Mm. that what we've said might not necessarily be they're the ultimate truth, so we're always so gonna flip, flip. life would be um life would be so much easier I if everybody could, if, if everybody could say, oh, man, I'm wrong. Ah, but, but, <laughs> but it'd, it'd, be so, it'd be so boring. It'd be it'd be I mean, 
I would I would love to live in Canada, but it would be like <laughs> it would be sort of everyone's really nice to each other. Um yeah. and, and yeah, I would like John Lennon imagine all the people peace and love and everything. I totally believe in peace. But if, if we don't if we don't if we aren't able to butt head in a in a nonviolent way and we are not able to argue and rationale and debate and and the thing is if people said they were wrong all the time then if they weren't and you were actually the wrong one you believe you're right and then they would believe they're right so you need to Mm -hmm. constantly have if if they never say they're wrong i will go and make my own decision yeah if if they still think they're right and i still think i'm right i will end up making my own decision eventually but if everyone says they're wrong, then you, you get the you get the same thing with the freedom of speech being yeah. taken. If if it's only one side all the time, yeah, it's like um, that. You, you've seen that one on the internet where it's like the two people stood and it's like the number six written on the ground, or is it a number nine? Mm-hmm. Mm. You ever seen that one? And the, normally the caption underneath it says both of them are right yeah. because it just depends on which perspective you're looking from. But I also think about the third side of that. Because you could also look at it from a different angle from both of them. Because if it's in between, you know, uh, uh, an eight and a ten, it's clearly a nine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But everyone only ever talks about yes. it the yes. point of view. Or if this yeah. person's looking at me, it's a six, but they're looking at me, it's so the nine. They're both right. Yeah. Actually, one mm-hmm. of them's wrong, potentially, because if you look at it from a different point of view again, you know, if it drops yeah, between yeah. the, so, the so, eight and the ten, it's mm-hmm. clearly a nine. So then that person that thinks it's a six, no matter how much they argue... Yeah. Yes. So, so you'll you'll see this all the time. A news story comes out that's one way, and then arguments will come out and say, "No, no, it's this way." But it's all about the the nuance of the subject. Like this, this is what we've lost in sound bites. Is people will speak for five seconds because that's what gets shown on the news. Mm-hmm. However, real issues they're they're not they're not explained away in a sentence. So. So you need you need all the surrounding factors to to come to your conclusion on anything. Mm. Um, so you're exactly right in saying because because <laughs> if it is between eight and ten, it's nine. It's not six. There we go. <laughs> but I did say I did say at the start that this would go down an avenue where you don't expect to end up talking about, didn't I? That was mate. That, I, I didn't know I'd come on this podcast and start talking about 69s. <laughs> not, not okay, the 69s I'd like to talk about. <laughs> that's a different show. That's a, that's a specialist well, program. Well, that. that's, it, that's, that's on our OnlyFans account. Subscribe below. our OnlyFans account, man. That's our OnlyFans account. Oh, man. Well, um, I don't even know how, how long we've been going for. We've just had the 90 minutes. 90 minutes, is it? Jesus Aye, Christ. I, Flies by when you're having fun. How, how long do how long do your shows normally? About an hour. As long as we're talking, eh? About an hour or so normally, but we're still going. What, what what normally happens in conversations is it normally becomes like a natural point where it goes. That's probably about enough, and you just kind of wrap it up. But sometimes I think we've had one that's a couple of hours. Yeah. If it's still still going listen it's still interesting we still just keep going away there's, there's that's the, and that's that's one of the beautiful things about doing something like this is you can have it if it's shit you say uh, 45 minutes is enough mm-hmm. if it's really good you can talk for three hours but it's not like how many times have you watched it doesn't matter what show it is and they're talking about something genuinely interesting oh no we have to stop and they go to commercial break and go, that's fucking bullshit yeah it kills, <laughs> kills the whole sort of kills, yeah, over for them. Kills, I, kills the flow of the conversation like I've, I've been i've been pleasantly surprised with how sort of um uh, we 
you, you sort of pitch this to me as, you know, it's usually an MMA um, sporting podcast and we've we've gotten into the sort of the topic of um, critical thinking itself, um, <laughs> which, which is which is, is down the rabbit hole, as, what, as, as I think what, I ever expect this to go. What, um, so what, what we said at the beginning is, because we're doing a, like a, essentially a lockdown podcast when we're bored, we just knew a lot of fighters. That's just because we both come from that kind of kind of background of sport. So, but we were adamant that it wasn't going to be a fight podcast. So we've had on non fighters, um, and we've kind of gotten. Well, the thing is, I think between the two of us, we're kind of probably just about intelligent enough to hold a conversation with most people. Um, hopefully, <laughs> but um, so we've got some some of the people we've got coming. I won't I won't oh, I can tell you off air, but I'm not telling you either now in case it yeah. doesn't happen. But we've got yeah. some. Fucking cool people, like genuinely cool people, coming on next week. People that, that really... people that are actual actual professors, like yeah. actual professor in their title, Pro- proper doctor. On so we're having fun with the whole thing, and um, I think it's quite a good exercise just for us, just to be able to talk to people and kind of exercise your brain and get some yeah. different ideas and different it, inputs, and it's, it's really it, quite a it's quite a fun thing to do. It's very it's very it's very different. It's it's very. Bringing other people's point of view things as well, which is cool. Something yeah. that me, me and Chris, even talking in jiu-jitsu, we've had some guys on that high-level jiu-jitsu and dropped something in. And you can see me and Chris, when we watch it back, we're both like, ah, mm. okay. Like, we never yeah, even considered it before. Yeah. yeah. So it's very, it's, it's very important to get somebody else's perspective on, you know, similar issues. Yeah, that, um, like, it's very it's very different from, say, a Zoom call with, with your friends. Not, yeah. not that, not that it's it's different, and that it's three people just talking bollocks. But, but it actually, I think in this sort of format, we you're almost pushed to, like you say, exercise your brain, think yeah. on on why why you why you think things. Yeah. So we're yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is for us. So we're, we're knocking out like three a week at one point. Um, so once life kind of gets back to normal-ish, whatever that becomes. Uh, we'll probably try and we'll probably try and keep it going, and maybe try and have one a week. If we can keep getting interesting people to talk to, we'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we can we can keep doing and kind of push on with it. But it's been um, it's been great. It's been good fun, really good fun. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just taking taking out taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Yeah, you know what I mean, you can either uh, sit and go, oh fuck, we're in lockdown. I'm just going to eat fucking cheesecakes and moan about everything, or you can go, fuck it, let's do something exciting. Who do you, who do you want to talk to? The biggest surprise out of all is the fact that people have been willing to come on and talk to us. Even people mm. that neither of us know that we've just yeah. reached out on social media that we're both like, we both follow or we're fans of, whatever phrase you want to put alongside it, drop them a message. And surprisingly, the amount of people that have said, yeah, why not? And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, just like two daft Scottish lads. It's called the Silly Good Podcast. It's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing too serious. You're not going to be a hit with like, Jeremy Paxman type questions, but I don't know. Some people seem to have enjoyed it. Hey, we've talked about that, Chris. Some people go on a lot Aye. of pod because they're experts in their area. Aye. And they kind of drilled a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And they, they kind of almost have to research before they go on the podcast and have some answers ready. Whereas with us, we just throw questions out and just let it run. Eh? Just having fun. Just having a nice conversation. So, um... Aye, so there's, there's a couple of things that... Um... There was a, 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 a guy came on and it, we were worried, we were at the time worried that um, he was going to talk about Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. We did have the conversation, like, if he talks about Flat Earth, what do we do? Just cut him off and fucking 
pretend it never happened. Like, I think we'll, we'll have to we'll have to cut him off. Like if he starts talking with flat earth, we will have to bin him off at that point. But um, well, we've just had the conversation on no platform and how people catch you, <laughs> regardless of how ludicrous they have their beliefs. Uh, so, so perhaps you should encourage them to speak about flat earth so it could have been aired. That's the one conspiracy. I love a conspiracy theory. That's the one. That's the one that I. That under, no that circ- I under no circumstances can I get on board with that at all. <laughs> just, just can't. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do to convince me that the world's flat. No, uh, so it's 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 unfortunate that the sort of <laughs> that that that's back come back. I, I I I like let's speak. Let's talk about it for five minutes before we uh, <laughs> before we end. <laughs> I, I I genuinely think that um, the whole thing was started back up is one guy trolling. I think he was he done it as a joke. He said, "Let's see how many people I can get to bite on this." Mm. And he done it, and it just took flight. And then you had some. I think a lot of the people that are like the that come up and speak and wax lyrical about it, they don't believe it. I think yeah, they're doing, I think they're doing it because they realise it will give them a sort of certain celebrity and it'll give them a platform. And think of think of how much money some of these guys have made from. I the bet you. I, I, I bet you that they're doing talk someplace and they've got Patreons and they've got GoFundMe's where they're yep. making a wage. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Some of them some of them go to the big game, because I watched the documentary on Netflix about it some last week about this time last year. And they have like conventions and they get paid, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars plus expenses to fly all around the world. Mm-hmm. Talk flat Earth. Like, I'm looking up. Someone offers me ten grand to rock up in Australia and talk about flat Earth, and now I'm going balls deep on that. Yeah, imagine you've been sort of. Imagine you've been doing a job for a long time that you're not necessarily in love with, and yeah. the opportunity comes over that you can make up some complete bullshit and get and make lots of money from it. Um, you know. It, it kind of would persuade it, that would persuade me to become a flat earther. If I was going to make ten grand, uh, ten grand a month, if somebody's flying around the world talking about flat earth and balling because of it, I cannot hate on. I can't hate on that man. Exactly. I can't hate. He's, he's a fucking moron, but I can't hate on it. But but is he? This is the thing. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's maybe, maybe he knows. Maybe he knows <laughs> maybe that he's talking. It's it's like it's like what well, it's like Katie Hopkins, for example. She knows that she's. She says things because of the reaction. The yeah, more yeah. reaction, the more bites you get, the bigger the profile grows. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of it does come down to. It's not what they necessarily may believe in real life. I mean, she might do, she might not. I don't know her personally, but this it's it's shock jock. That's what it is. It's shock yeah. jock. Um, yeah. you, you do it yeah. so, so, so you get a reaction. <sighs> Man. Yeah, I do just before flat earth though. I wonder what the flat earthers think as they fly around the world. Like how are they working out like when they fly to Australia? What do they think's happening? I don't get it. Even oh, even man. with the UN flag and stuff like that, I still don't get it. I just don't get man. it. I think um I think we need I think I think we need to finish up on a happier note. I can't finish up on Katie Hopkins and the flat earth man. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Well, this is an MMA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, this is taking the turn that I wanted it to turn. So, oh, I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, the master plan all along. Flat earth. So, so, so five minutes on on a final talk point, and then I'll because I am absolute scorching. I'm like a sauna in this room. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so if, if if we if we if we hit a hit a last topic, um, 
and then we'll. So right, you pick you pick the topic then. Anonymous. All right. Okay. <laughs> the anonymous breaches. Um, so, uh, are we are we both familiar with the with Jeffrey Epstein and the yeah. and the sort of funeral surrounding? I'm in the non in the non biblical sense. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll so. uh, one, one, should be getting no, a settlement. No many, no many that can say that. Eh? No, no. So, so the I won't go too massively deep into this because I'll let you guys do your own sort of looking. But today, Anonymous, after a three-year now, anyone that doesn't know Anonymous, they're hacktivists. Everyone knows them if they're watching this on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Um, so essentially, they'd. Gone quiet for three years um, since they'd done anything, and then they came back uh, today. And p- part of it was disrupting Minneapolis police websites, and they went on uh, the Chicago police's. They 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 got got the frequency, or I think it may have been digital radios they use now, um, and they hacked into them and started playing "Fuck the Police" by NWA over all their <laughs> stereos and the tannoys, etc. But that pales tiny in comparison to the documents. They've been releasing sealed court documents from all these sort of what you would call people that live in the upper echelons of society. We're talking very famous people that you probably might not necessarily expect to be involved in these sorts of things. But... They've just done a huge drop, and it's going to create a lot of controversy for a lot of time to come. Hmm. Um, if you're not familiar, are any of you guys, have you seen anything about this? Not, nothing at all. Nothing. nothing. I've not seen anything about nothing, oh, yeah, not about not this in particular. Not the stuff that's broke today. Mm. The, Epstein, the Epstein thing is... Um, that's the one conspiracy that um, I think it's, people... Well, that's what I'm saying. Even, <laughs> even, people, even people who don't believe in conspiracies looked at that one and went wait a minute yes. what the fuck you know what I mean that's the one where everybody <laughs> can thought, went, wait 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 stop yeah. what the fuck man that's that, that's the one where everybody's had to hold up for a second a private island with with uh, a <clears throat> constant flow of underage um, and I don't think it was just underage females I think there was underage boys involved from what I've come mm-hmm. to understand from some of these leaked documents. Yeah. Mm. And and this goes to the top of several countries. Um, mm. we were we were actually talking earlier, um, there's there's sort of been lists like what you would call the black book of, of different people that have all gone like the flight records to his private island. Mm. Um, and it's and it's and, it, and obviously not all these people will be guilty of this and, and like um, necessarily paedophilia. However, uh, what Jeffrey Epstein was essentially doing was running a, a, it was black, a blackmail sort of business. Alleg- Alleg- allegedly. Well, that, that, that we can say is not allegedly. That, 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 this, is, this is what it's called. Um, Jeffrey Epstein was convicted. Yeah, uh, he was convicted, aye. So what we can't say is is how he died <laughs> for, for sure. So um, is it is it true that um, apparently Bill Gates had had flown on the Lolita Express after 
he was convicted. Mm-hmm. Is that is that true? Um, I'm I'm unsure of the timings. Um, I am aware that he did. He is he is one of the names mentioned on the flight records. Um, he apparently uh, was there several times. Um, now we know um, that rich people like to party, you know, um, and we we also back in the day, Bill Clinton was accused of an affair. So a lot of these things, because uh, Epstein had cameras set up in every single room of the house, in bathrooms, bedrooms, everything. So when he invited these super rich, super powerful people, um, it may have been prostitutes, it may have been other things, it may have been something like drug abuse, but the, the, he essentially videotaped all these powerful people in compromising positions, whatever it may be. So now that he's um, no longer here, um, which, I mean, you can take your own conclusions from, from what you think may, may or may not have happened. However, there is allegations being thrown up at uh, the President of the United States. And there is unsealed documents that allege his direct involvement with very pre-teens, um, girls and boys. So, and some of the actors you mentioned earlier, there's some of the actors that will probably <laughs> dear to our hearts. There's there's models, there's female models who are linked to more than just Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile ring. So it is, it, and it's so much, so much to process. There's also mm. allegations of um, Di- Princess Diana making a taped testimony of a woman who alleged that she'd been raped by a member of the royal family. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's, it is blowing, like, I mean, this is quite late in the podcast to start on this stuff. <laughs> drop that in on a happy moment. So, this is, just to accuse right. someone of raping. <laughs> it is going to dominate the news stories for, well, it may, it may just totally get, Brushed under the or or going to dominate the independent social media news stories for a a while. It's it's more likely that'll um, completely disappear. I know. um, I don't say. You're right. It's more likely it will completely disappear. Completely disappear. Um, It's hard. It's it's so much. It's so much to put your like get your head around. So much to put your head around. Some of the most the th- mm. things in this world and with these people and all the power and influence that they garner the effectively for for all this time there is no point in even trying to prosecute them mm. no. because they're yeah. they're above they're above the the highest of the police they're above the highest of the secret service these yeah. people so but be interesting to see what comes of it yeah it affects it may affect real sort of change in, in sort of how the how the class system's approach to criminality is. But we'll have to wait and see, I think. We'll have to wait and see. Interesting. On that bombshell. <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> drop the mic. Um, uh, aye, are you, do you want to do another song? You know what, do another song? Um, I can play us out if you'd like. 
Yeah, just before you play us out there, Johnny, um, if anyone's looking for you or your band on social media, where can they find you? Um, so you can find us on um, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Foreign Fox, Twitter, Foreign Fox with two X's. We got, um, we got hacked, well, my, my own Facebook got hacked and our Instagram page got deleted um, after I'd installed a certain video chat app. <laughs> But this will be a legend as well. <laughs> um, so, so we had to start. So our handles are a bit messed up. But Instagram, we are Forum Fox. You can find us on Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, um, online. Uh, our main website, forumfox.org. Uh, just you, type type it in, in Google. Forum Fox one word. We'll we're sure to come up. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll tag I'll tag you in it and abandon it when um, when we share on Instagram and stuff anyway. So. Well, make sure you get as much exposure as we can get you. We'll add it to the show notes. We'll get young Jamie to do it. <laughs> um, so, playing us out then, Johnny Watt from Man of Foreign Fox. Um, I'm just trying to decide what song, song I'm going to do. No pressure, but I am an enormous fan of the Truth About Sex. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> that is one of the old, the oldest songs of Foreign Fox that I, I, I wrote. So let's let's see if I can... I know what tuning it's in. Well, I fucking love that song. You're them with the lyrics when you know them, Chris. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're going to help me with the lyrics if so, I am. No, nobody wants to hear me sing, I promise you. Right, let's let's see. I, I might only get halfway through the song if, if I can't <laughs> I, I, I know I know that I'm gonna forget, right? So so this is uh, the truth about sex. Forgive me, I haven't been sincere See these lies tend to build up over years My brother can't even look at me Because my eyes reflect his infidelity And all these girls are torn up across barns With roaches underneath their skin from giving themselves to anyone But I'll slip my head open and put it back together I'm starting to feel better, I'm starting to feel better I'll slip my head open, I'll put it back together I'm starting to feel better, I'm starting to feel better I'll slip my head open, I'll put it back together I'm starting to feel better, I'm starting to feel better I'll slip my head open, put it back together I'm starting to feel better and if people try to analyze this Well don't get your knickers in a twist It's nothing new It's just something else to do In 
all I need is a length of strength to sew my stomach shut. It's nothing new, it's just something else to do. So don't be, don't be, oh, where are we going? So don't be so shy. Cause you know we can't contend with people who lie. But we'll just have, we'll just have to pretend. Cause I'll split my head open, I'll put it back together, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to feel better, I'll split my head open and I'll put it back together. Then we go down to the town where everybody is all the same. The sex brain nobody can refrain see this place has gone insane and don't look to me for some solidarity i'm not your dad and if i was i'd have cast you a long time ago so don't try and tell me yeah, how you think this should be. I split my head open, but we'll get along. But we'll get along. Split my head open, but we'll get along. Split my head open, but we'll get along. Split my head open. That's been a few years. That's been out of the set for a few years, so I'm surprised that I could, could remember that. But thank you very much for having me on the podcast tonight. That yeah, was good having you, man. It was good having you on, Johnny. It was uh, really good, man. It was hundred uh, percent enjoyable. Uh, fucking love this. I love the new song. I love the truth about. I love the truth about sex since I first heard it, um, and uh, it was fantastic. Um, I think if, if we're still going in six months' time or, or a year's time, we'll, we'll definitely ask you to come back on and do something else. Hopefully at some point, um, hopefully at some point, if it continues the way we want it to continue, we might end up in like a little studio to do it face to face. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But um, would uh, would definitely love to have you back on, man. It was awesome. Yeah, what is this? It's my uh, pleasure. Well. Episode awesome. seventeen in the can. Johnny Watt, frontman for Fox. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Cheers, guys.